Welcome to this week's episode, the first installment of a two-part series featuring South Africa's leading bird photographer, Richard Fleck. These episodes go beyond the realm of photographic advice, providing us with a unique glimpse into the life of the man behind the lens. In this initial episode, we delve into the motivations that drive Richard, explore his journey to mastery, and navigate the challenges of handling disappointments and insecurity. There's so much more to cover in this insightful conversation. I must apologize for the audio quality in this episode. Unfortunately, I encountered some technical issues on my end. Nevertheless, I was eager to present the episode in its most authentic form. I hope you enjoyed the raw and unfiltered content. Enjoy. My name is Adam, and I'm the host of this proudly South African birding podcast. This podcast is your number one source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and anything that we think birders want to hear about. Bring new life into your garden with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's, for the love of birds. Let's dive into this deep chat with Richard Flack. So I've got Richard Flack back on the Bird Enough podcast. Uh, we were chatting early on. It's been crazy. It's been about three years since we did the last episode. So it's long overdue to have you back. Um, I know a lot has happened in your life and uh, really excited to have you back on the Burn Life podcast. So welcome back to the Burn Life podcast. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Adam. Such a, as, as per last time, uh, such a, a privilege to be here. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it. It's, it's, I think it's almost three years. I think uh, we were still at the end of COVID and I was still running a business in Johannesburg. And uh, yeah, and I'd, I'd recently moved to um, Balgowan in the Natal Midlands. So yeah, I think <laughs> lots of, wa- of water has run under the bridge since then. Uh, but yeah, great to be here. Yeah, it's been exciting. I mean, just watching your photography, you know, something interesting, you know, I, I don't know how long ago it was, we actually did the we were looking for pictures for when the World Cup final happened. And I like to say it as often as we can, South Africa is the World Cup champions. I think it's a good thing to say very, as often as we can. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing, eh? Absolutely. While, while you have the chance. <laughs> Let's not talk about cricket, though. I mean, I, I was quite proud of the guys. I know there's different views, but I, I thought that, yeah, I thought they put in a proud effort. But yeah, that's probably not something we want to, <laughs> a rabbit hole we want to go down. I agree 100. percent I'm actually one of those those people. Uh, I know this is an, it's a burning podcast. I love cricket also, so we'll just talk about this quickly. I don't think there was a choke. I think they they batted badly in the first 10, 10 overs. Admittedly, lost wickets they shouldn't have lost. Australia bowled like machines, but the way they fought back, the way they played, yeah, we. I'm honestly, I'm very proud of the team, and I think uh, 20 coming come 2027. I think we've got a a really good good chance of coming out and everyone says oh you're saying it again yeah i mean we've got guys like uh, george kutsia and a lot of youngsters in the team that i think when it comes to 2027 they um marco jansen they've had their they've had the opportunity they've got all the butterflies out their system so yeah maybe by then we can get a gig and go do some photography at the world cup but that'd be quite cool That'd be awesome, but yeah, I agree with you, Adam. So yeah, Rich, uh, what what has been exciting? Oh yeah, so what I was trying to go on around that was we I asked you if I could use an image, and I went back to your I got one of your collared sunbird pictures, which was a really awesome picture. But the one thing I noticed is is that looking at that photo, I don't even know when it was taken. To look at the photos you're taking now, there's definitely a growth in your photography. And it's exciting that you know, I, you know, you, you might you, people might not always see it because you know we're kind of looking at the now, but going back and looking at a photo from I don't know how long ago, which was a fantastic photo regardless, it's been interesting to see the growth that there's been in your photography over the last few years. I don't know if you've noticed your your own journey, how growth has been over the last few years. I mean, maybe just talking about those last three or so years, have you seen growth in your own photography? And you know, are there things that you've done along the last three years that have maybe um added to you growing in your in your craft um yeah firstly thanks adam that's really kind um yeah i, I mean i think first just by like teaching photography I, I i remind myself like where i started and um i have this one slide where i put up images from yeah the beginning of my journey i think i was two three years into photography and uh 
And it always makes me laugh because I was so proud of them. They were my favorite shots after a two-week stint in the UK. And I remember showing them to, to this uh, professional photographer. And he was a lovely guy. He was really kind. But, but his face was one of those faces that kind of told you what he really thought. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I could just see he was really worried about my future as a photographer. And, um, yeah, I think looking back, you can obviously see just what, uh, what you've learned, uh, the knowledge you've acquired, and how that's just helped you you grow. Um, but yeah, it's always good to look back at, at where I started and just how things have progressed. Um, I think in the last few years, yeah, definitely. I, I think just as you start to learn more, and, and I've been probably studying art and other genres of photography more than I've been concentrating on on wildlife photography. I've just I've just learned and been inspired by. Yeah, just so many different things. And um, I think, you know, once you start practicing those things and putting them into play, um, yeah, you just see yourself start to morph and, and, and your, you know, your ability to capture stories and, and, and I guess express emotion in your images improves. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely noticed a, a bit of that, which has been great. A question I'm always interested is, in is, and we'll talk about, this is a very important question to ask early on, because we can talk about a lot of different things as we go through this episode, not just about photography, um, but what is the, the thing that drives you? What is your motivation? Because, you know, one thing which I can say, I had a conversation with someone the other day, I won't uh, um, name drop and make the person embarrassed, but I had a conversation, this person just was saying, you know, one thing about you, not only you're, or you're an amazing photographer, you're a fantastic person and you've got, there's a, a, def, a definite depth to your character that goes way beyond just being a great photographer. At the very core of who Richard Flack is, what is the thing that drives you? What is the thing that, that, that keeps you aligned with your purpose? What, is, what does that flow out of? Yeah, Adam, early on to get so deep and philosophical, but I'll try and answer that as best as possible. Um, I think we've known each other for, for a few years now, and you, you, you probably know the answer to it. Um, but I think, you know, the center of who I am is, is my faith. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I, I love God. And I think, uh, you know, my heart is to honor him. Uh, and that, yeah, I try my best to keep that at the center of everything. I don't always get it right. Um, but I'm really willing to apologize when I get it wrong. Uh, but that, that, yeah, that's my anchor. And I think that relationship with God and having that at the forefront of who I am sort of, yeah, is, is a compass for my decision making and, and the things that I do. It's, it's definitely the, yeah, it's definitely the things that get placed on my heart come from, from that core. Uh, yeah, and that drives, uh, I guess, from a photography perspective, that drives a lot of why I do what I do. Um, I think just being able to show off, yeah, just how awesome creation is and just how awesome birds are, I, I, I think that's, a, yeah, that's driven by that. Uh, I think, yeah, just getting people to appreciate uh, what we have, I, I would, yeah, I would just hate a world where we don't have nature. I think nature has been such a big part of, yeah, of my life. I think it's where I've gone to get perspective. It's definitely where I spend time with God. And I think everyone has different worldviews, but, you know, for me to be authentic, that's at least mine. And, and nature has been such a, yeah, a big part of that. I think in the beginning, uh, photography was that for me. It was a way of getting perspective and being still and I guess recovering sometimes from challenging uh, work environments. Uh, I definitely had a few of those. And then I think, you know, I've started to realize that, uh, you know, the things on my heart can also be outworked in photography. So I love building confidence in others and encouraging other people Yeah, and seeing them grow. It's always been, it was the, the original reason I got into business. I sometimes got distracted, but that was my main reason. I wanted to make a as just a small positive difference in the things that I did and, and that normally revolved around people. And yeah, I guess I've started to see that, yeah, come more and more into my photography, whether it's been through teaching or, or you know, doing talks or, or whatever. Uh, I've just seen the power of photography to, to do those things. And uh, yeah, as a result, it's, it's incredibly fulfilling for me. You know, we, we speak about that three-year journey that, you know, obviously I've had a bit of a snapshot getting to know you over this last three years has been an incredible privilege. But, you know, one thing that has been 
very interesting from the out, uh, from the outset has been this is that I th- I would dare to suggest that three years ago your faith was an important part of who you are, but it, you weren't always outspoken about your faith, and there almost seems to be this over the last I don't know how long where there seems to be a you know that's become a, a lot bigger part of your journey. And, and the reason I ask the question is you know it's it's faith is you know we spoke about our, you know faith in God and that especially within you know, the, the circles that we often find ourselves in. And it's like this thing, it's not always popular. And I've noticed there's, there's you'll be a lot, without being pushy about it, without getting on a on a thing and slamming your Bible over people's heads, you've been a lot more outspoken about your faith. How's that shift happened in your life and, and how's it been received? Because I, I would dare say there'll be people that wouldn't always applaud that 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 part of your life. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Adam. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think... You know, it's got a lot to do with just respecting each other. And um, I think for me, I've just, it's really about authenticity. Um, you know, if you want to get to know someone and you care about them and they want, you know, you want to develop a friendship, I guess, you know, for me, I just want to be authentic. And, you know, I was thinking actually about it in the context of my little boys. You know, what do I want to model uh, for him? You know, what's, what, what are the things that I want to role model? Uh, and I think authenticity is something I want to role model. And so, you know, if I love God, then that's part of who I am. And if I'm authentic, then I don't think anyone's got a problem with me saying so. I think it's when we try and push our views on others and, and we disrespect their points of view and their worldview. Um, but, yeah, I, I, not anyone to my face. I, I think yeah, I, I'm not there to. I'm there to encourage people and build confidence. I'm not there to to push an agenda. Uh, and so yeah, I think the at least the response to me is has been positive. It's not a uh, there's place for other people's points of view and and their uh, belief systems. Uh, I just ask to be authentic and be me. <laughs> and part of me is um, yeah, God plays a role in my photography. Uh, my creativity, uh, you know, in all aspects of my life. And so I've just, I guess I've just stopped not speaking about it because, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I want to be, yeah, I want to be the same with my friends and with my family as I am anywhere else. Uh, and that's kind of, yeah, it's actually just incredibly freeing, to be honest. You just get to be you. <laughs> you don't have to uh, answer questions uh, and try and be whatever it is, politically correct or whatever. It's just you, you, you yourself. And I think, um, you know, part of that is just being respectful and, you know, trying to do your best to care for others and be kind. Um, yeah, so I haven't noticed anything different. I probably just spoke, you know, when I get asked a direct question uh, where I can't answer it authentically without mentioning God, I, I mention him. I don't mention him all the time. It's just when it's a more personal question or question where I just feel it's it's right to do so. And then, obviously, over the last couple of years, what's been quite interesting is um, is the you know we'll talk about your uh, menstrual program in a moment, but how your journey has not just opened doors uh, for photography, but even for you to be able to get involved in 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 corporate use for no better word corporate gigs it's been quite interesting how the doors opened as you've pursued your passion even into other areas yeah it's it's been as um interesting and, and uh, yeah i guess unexpected for me i, I really um, i guess since uh, leaving my job two years ago um which was an incredible season with an amazing bunch of people i just um i've always been someone to follow my heart and just thought it was time to to leave that particular season so I just, yeah, I mean, I followed my heart with regard to photography and, and that led to, to starting to teach um, and just share my knowledge with others. But on the business side, yeah, I honestly was just wanting to learn to listen uh, better. I think it's such an important skill. And so I, I went to a friend of mine, founded a coaching, a business coaching company, and very kindly took me on some quite serious training. So I've now been trained as a, a business or executive coach. And yeah, just open amazing doors. I, I think for the same reason, um, coaching is asking the right questions and supporting executives and business people um, to really just help them find answers to their challenges and help them realize that they've you know got incredible you know gifts and skills that they can use. And, and yeah, I love that. I think it's just yeah being able to inspire others and encourage others in business 
as much as in photography is just incredibly fulfilling uh, for me. And yeah, it's, it's just led to some interesting stuff. I, I would have never thought I'd be building a coaching program <laughs> to help sort of CEOs and executives. But yeah, such a privilege. And it's stuff that I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm always been passionate about leadership and authentic leadership and and, and helping yeah, I guess leadership teams learn how to navigate business and, and, and set up uh, winning organizations. I've definitely failed often. And so I have some some badges that, that I can display. Um, but as a result, you get to learn a lot. And, and I think that's helpful if you're the person asking the questions and, and supporting the, the people that are now steering the bus. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing experience. So uh, one of the words that came up when we were chatting oh, about two months ago, and, and it was just a word that stuck with me, was uh, because it's a word I've heard a few times. Uh, it's the word mastery. And you spoke about, I don't know, I, you know, you might not call yourself that. I think people around South Africa would probably say that, you you know, you'd be at least be in the top five nature photographers in South Africa, an incredible photographer. And in some sense, you've attained some sort of level of mastery of your craft. And, you know, let's talk about the journey. Let's talk about how this journey has looked. And a guy that spoke about this, uh, actually in a book, was a, a, a guy called, an author called Robert Green. actually wrote a book on mastery, and it's actually a book I'm reading at the moment. It's quite interesting. And I've been thinking a lot about our conversations. This is where this whole thing kind of sprung from. Um, this whole idea of mastery. And, you know, he's, the first stage he kind of speaks about, and I'm just going to kind of go through the stages he speaks about just to see how that, if that would fit into your journey. The first step is almost apprenticeship. And you spoke about that when you go back and you started off this journey. Were there people, how, how did this journey, you know, I'm not necessarily looking, last time we spoke about how do you get into photography. I want to go right back to the beginning of um, when you started your photography journey and you were, you know, fresh and you thought you're amazing, but you look back at the photos right now and you say, oh, I wasn't that amazing. You know, how did the, how, what, what did the beginning of the journey look like? Were there people that invested into you? Were there people that you look up to? How did this, right back at the beginning when Richard was just starting this journey of what, what did the, what, let's go back to the beginning. I don't want to know how you started. We did in the last podcast. You've started off. What happened at the beginning? What, what, what did the beginning of the journey look like? Because there's always lessons we can learn about you know, how you've got to where you are. I think people often look at where you are right now, but there's been a journey to get to where you are right now. So let's go right back to the beginning. Richard's a new photographer. Um, you think you're a crackerjack oak and probably look back. Let, let's, talk, let's talk about that, Tom. Yeah, I'm not sure. I ever thought I was crackerjack in any shape or form. Um, to be honest, my wife started my Facebook or social media page because I was insecure <laughs> about my imagery. I didn't think it was good enough. And yeah, I, I guess it's the question you're asking is, is around, you know, how have I been able to, I guess, build confidence? Uh, um, because I really did. I started out, you know, not wanting to show people my images. Um, yeah. And I really, I, I just, I love my wife. She just believes in me and she, she backs me. And I think that's just, that's sort of, yeah, such a gift. And yeah, she really did stop my social media. She also was the person who encouraged me to show my first ever habitat shot. Um, yeah. So my journey was one where I think most people um, start and is that we kind of think our shots. Okay. We, 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 you know, we love some of our images and, and we're not quite sure why or we're not sure if they are great or, or what other people think about them. And it's a little, it's an insecure place. <laughs> and uh, I think I took longer than most to get out of that insecure place. And, and I think that's a big reason why I, I enjoy sharing now is, is to kind of look at the things that built my confidence along the way. So I'm not sure if that's a... Um, yeah, I mean, let me first ask: Is that is that a, a helpful to 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 look at that and dig into to what helped me in that regard, or is your question different? Well, the thing is, okay, let's ask this question first. Were there people that you looked up to at that time that kind of inspired you? That you kind of looked up to and said, "This is this is someone that you know that 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 I would aspire to be like." Some were there people that you you almost drew from it that at that at that part of your journey was it very much a self uh something that you it came from yourself at the beginning of you i think i wish i'd been you know 
more yeah you know, i just i felt a bit alone to be to be honest i didn't really know what was great you know i just i really didn't think i was creative adam so you know as you know i started because i was a birder and i wanted to identify locks and pipits so you know when i first started yeah i i don't think i was necessarily inspired about anyone i was really just trying to take shots of birds i think it's when i just started yeah i guess taking images and trying to work out whether they were any good. You know, you sort of, I find photography is a continuum. You know, you, you might start where I am knowing next to nothing and not even knowing what composition is. And then you kind of progress. And I think I've always been someone that's want to be excellent at what I do. Um, you know, if I'm passionate about it, I start getting curious and working out how to get better. And then I definitely took inspiration from others. And it's something I really encourage other photographers to do. Um, I just think not to be too narrow in where you get your inspiration from. So I've definitely been inspired by photographers and wildlife photographers along along the line, you know, along the way. Uh, I think uh, Ben Hall was always an inspiration for me with his, um, you know, birds and environment images and his use of light. Uh, yeah, I just I, I, I still love his work and I'm still inspired by his work today. Uh, I, yeah, and you get inspired by people for different reasons. I, I found Alan Murphy stuff. I mean, he must be the setup king of, of North America. Yeah, I just learned so much from him because he's just a, a master at setups and, and uh, creating perches and backgrounds. And yeah, so I guess I learned yeah different things from different people. And then yeah, I think I've also just. I wish I'd been inspired by street photographers and artists earlier rather than later. And um, I wish that curiosity had been peaked, you know, sort of year one or two, <laughs> as opposed to later down the line. And I think my, yeah, my, I guess my, I was first a birder, you know, didn't realize I was a photographer. And I think I've grown into photography. And as I've been more curious about photography as an art, I've, I've definitely been inspired by, yeah, just great street photographers. I was actually um, just studying different street photographers last week because, yeah, I think you can learn so much from different artists. Uh, I also, <laughs> people might laugh, but I also get like uh, art sent to me and, and, and I watch artists analyze different types of artwork because it's, it's interesting for me. I can see how that can be applied in photography. So, yeah, I think, I think along the way, um, yeah, I think in the beginning I was inspired about people taking awesome close-ups of birds, uh, you know, so the Warwick Tibwertons and the Hugh Chittedens and, and just the, their, their brilliance in capturing the science and the behavior of birds. They were also absolutely an inspiration. And, you know, then it kind of, I guess, grew into, you know, the likes of the Ben Halls and, and then, yeah, to just different genres of photography and art. So, yeah, absolutely huge part of, of my journey. As always, the Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at So you would have got all the, the inspiration from all these different sources and, you know, you know, almost would be like a stir fry, <laughs> a creative stir fry, all these ingredients being put together. You, you're kind of going out, taking your fo your photos, learning your own craft, learning your camera, learning how to take photos, getting all this inspiration. And, you know, did you find that as you went along that eventually all this um, information, all these people that you were being inspired by, that eventually what happened, did, did, eventually, did, did you eventually find a place where that helped to help you to discover your own voice as a photographer because they had to be their own, their, you know, you've got a very distinctive style and I don't think that style would have just happened at the beginning. I think it's, it's that style would have probably evolved as you took, as you took photographers, uh, took photos and you started to discover your voice as a photographer. Did, did you, did you find there was like this, that, that, that your style started to develop as, you know, with all these sources, with your practical skills in the field? Um, it's, it's hard to kind of like, like 
point pinpoint or like, like be very specific, you know, because it's happened over, I've been doing it for almost 15 years now. And so it's hard to think back even like 10 years with accuracy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to answer this as best as, as best as possible. I think in the beginning I was confused <laughs> and I didn't know what made great images and I didn't know anything about composition and design. And, and so, yeah, I think I started off pretty confused and insecure. Um, I think, you know, if I look at turning points was kind of working out and, and learning what makes great images. And I think um, art and, and there's various sources you can go to that give you inspiration in that regard, you know, what makes a great image. And I think that was a big turning point for me when I decided what I thought made great images, you know, what were great images for me? What was I aspiring to try and achieve? Uh, and then, you know, absolutely being inspired by photographers that were doing that on a consistent basis. And then, you know, I, I started to analyze like, well, what techniques they were using and became curious about that. So that, that was a big sort of turning point for me. And then I think just having a holistic understanding of composition and design, Adam was more, you know, because you can get inspired by others, but if you don't know why they're doing what they're doing, if you don't have a framework to analyze your own work, it's hard to build your confidence, you know, you feel a bit lost. So I, I do think that the, you know, the, the inspiration and different techniques and tools just add to your toolkit, you know, the things that you can use to be creative. Um, but I think what I've noticed by teaching photographers is that you know, we, we seem to just love different things. <laughs> like we just love certain parts of photography, whether it's using depth of field or whether it's the beauty and color of birds or their habitats or, you know, just wanting to, yeah, show the plight of birds. This just, yeah, it just fascinated me when I when I um, chat to to people about you know their photography and their images. Yeah, there's just certain things that that shine through, and I, I think I've always had a, a yeah a love for certain aspects, and I think habitat shots was one of those. And so I think often your style develops from what you love, uh, and that's good because then you get to spend a lot of time trying to get good at it. And I, I think then all the other sort of yeah, things that inspire you, techniques, tools, just give you what you need to start pushing your boundaries, if that makes sense. And then I can imagine along the way with all the success and all the the accolades, there must have been criticism along the way because, you know, we all have to deal with, I mean, as much as we deal with our own insecurities, we have to deal with the, the voice inside. There's also those external voices. How did you as you went on the journey, how did you, how did you deal with, with criticism? And sometimes let's be honest. I mean, I know we all like to say that it doesn't affect us, but that, that kind of, I, I know it's not the right word, but almost that weight of expectation. We put an image on there and, and uh, it's, there's, it can be quite deflating. You put this image, you think this is a cracker image and it just like, ah, uh, just flops out. And you're like, you know, how, how do you deal with that along the way? How do you deal with those, you know, grows, a grows a photographer, deal with, deal with your own, uh, you spoke about dealing with your own insecurities. How do you, um, but also deal with dealing with those outside voices that, that can be difficult at times. Yeah. I mean, I mean absolutely. And I, I think it's, um, definitely knock people's confidence. Um, yeah, I think competitions can knock your confidence, you know, cause you don't achieve the, the awards you want. I think, um, criticism can knock your confidence uh, if you know you, you don't know why someone's criticizing your work. Yeah, there's lots of things that, that absolutely are difficult to deal with. And I, I guess yeah, I, I've definitely had a, quite a bit of that in my time and, and it is sometimes deflating. I think you know the one thing I encourage is not to forget why we're doing what we do and, and I, I, mine came from a um, yeah, I guess what we spoke about earlier and, and my love of birds and just yeah, my love of nature and, and yeah, it's been an important part of my life and yeah, it's, it's, it's fulfilling. So I, I think I'm able to persevere sometimes despite the criticism. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I could have given up right when that guy had that very worried look on his face <laughs> when he was staring at my two images that I thought were the, or at least the best I'd taken. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, probably been curious as to why they've criticized my work and wanting to find out where that comes from. Uh, and that was the most helpful because I think just being criticized by people and not understanding 
or learning why they're criticizing you or how to get better, yeah, is definitely deflating. And I think I've seen that just hurt a, a lot of people along the way. Um, and I think there's, yeah, I think teaching people the, the knowledge they need to create great images and with that, the ability to objectively analyze the images and, and to be able to work out for themselves whether they could be good or great or somewhere along that continuum, yeah, it's, it's far more encouraging. And I think that's, yeah, that's how I overcome and have overcame uh, criticism is just trying to work out for myself, you know, what, what, is, what are people looking for? What are judging panels looking for? What are artists looking for when they are, you know, seeing their work as success? You know, what, what does that look like? And then once you know what it looks like, well, how do you achieve that? And yeah, that that's out there. It's 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 available, and there's no doubt understanding how yeah the principles of composition lead you to create great work. Once you know that, uh, and once you know how the guidelines help you apply the glue, because I always teach that the elements in your photographs are the building blocks, uh, the principles are the glue, and then the guidelines uh, kind of give you a sense of uh, where to apply the glue or, or how to do it. And, and you know, composition is a tool for us to create uh, beautiful images. It's a tool to use by us to create beautiful stories and tell stories. And so, yeah, I think knowledge uh, uh, builds confidence and confidence allows you to deal better with uh, criticism because um, so, you're going to get it. And, and I think what I've also noticed is once you have that knowledge, you can appreciate other people's style of photography. You might not like it, but you can appreciate the art in it. And I think that's also super helpful. So, yeah, my kind of advice to, to um, you know, people that are just battling with criticism is rather find out, like, yeah, how to analyze and evaluate your image on your own so you can objectively do that because then you can take a lot of feedback and, and, and you can see what they see and you can acknowledge that, yeah, maybe I can improve it there because the way I kind of approach images is I think every image has an area of improvement or could be bettered. And if you start seeing your images like that, then, you know, you kind of want to find out what you can do better and you want to know how you can push it, it, it further along the continuum to great or wherever you want, want it to go. Uh, and, yeah, that's really helped me deal with, yeah, I guess the disappointment of, of uh, you know, not people not <laughs> loving your image maybe as much as you do. Uh, and, yeah, I think just acknowledging why, why I do it, it's, it's not for that. It's not for... Um, winning competitions or, or being recognized. Uh, I do it because I love it. And that also, I guess it helps with the criticism. I mean, art, there's a degree of subjectivity uh, and I've just learned to respect that. Um, but I think, you know, what's been important to just have the confidence to know what I love and, and be able to present that now. Uh, I must say that I still get it. <laughs> I still get nervous when I present something that I really love that might be a little bit more unique or different. Um, there's still that, I think, because it's sharing a bit of who you are. And I, I think, yeah, I think most of us are quite sensitive with our photographs. And, yeah, if I was anyone looking to get criticism, I, I would just think about doing that in a very sensitive and constructive way. And, and often that's by, you know, helping someone know what you know. Uh, as opposed to telling them what's wrong. But it probably goes back to that apprenticeship thing we spoke about earlier, you know, that having people that mentor you and pour into you. And, you know, there was a, a Weaver picture I posted a few weeks ago and I actually asked you to help me with it and you helped me with the crop and that type of thing on it. And just that information was, was incredibly helpful. And it wasn't just do this here there was this is why you should do it this way this is my thinking behind it and you kind of mentored me through the process you spoke about why you suggested and i, I think i think for, even for you for for newer photographers finding i think i think sometimes if there's i was thinking this when you said that if there's no if you've got no voices speaking into your life it's it's quite easy to actually listen to the wrong voice so maybe actually finding some good voice to speak into your life. And I, and I think there is people out there. There are people out there that are willing to, that are more than happy to invest into people. And just having someone you can pop uh, a message on WhatsApp and say, hey, what do you think about this composition? The guy might say, hey, no, just changes here. Hey, fantastic or whatever. But maybe just inviting the right voices to speak into your life might be, might be a good way to actually 
give yourself a bit of ammunition to deal with that there because I think if there's no voices speaking and it can be the voice of criticism is going to be the loudest voice that speaks if that makes any sense yeah I think it's absolutely good to find people you can trust to uh, yeah that you know want to grow you because then I think how they approach um, feedback will be sensitive you know and, and will be with that in mind and uh, yeah I must say that's been a, a um, yeah, a big part of my journey as I've been fortunate to have my wife. Uh, my father was an artist at university and, um, you yeah, know, he gives, especially in my early days, really good input. And then, yeah, I think what's been good for me is is, is finding someone that, yeah, that I just know is is for me, that that is, you know, creative. And I guess that has knowledge of composition design to start with, you know, that can uh, – and that has the ability to, to – you know, help you grow and, and give you stuff that will improve your work. And I must say, I've loved that. Uh, I've built a friendship also similar time to, I think, uh, when I did the podcast with you is um, William Steele and I just, I mean, I think we just looked at each other's photography. I can't really remember exactly why we decided to just meet on Zoom. I mean, I think because COVID was quite a tough time and we just, yeah, I think I could see we get on and I think uh, William felt the same and we jumped on a Zoom call and yeah, we've just developed a friendship over time. And part of that has been kind of sharing our photography with each other. And uh, yeah, I've learned a ton from from him and just, yeah, I've just enjoyed someone. I think we definitely celebrate as much for when one of us is successful um, you know, as when it's ourselves. And and I love that, you know, and I think therefore I, I get a lot of, yeah, really good feedback and insight from him. And it's, it is always sensitive and it's always different perspective will help me with it. You know, I think composition is, is often just looking at it through different eyes and getting different options and, and then deciding for yourself which you like the most. You know, there's a degree of what you love that comes into it. And yeah, I've loved having that. I've loved having someone that just looks at things through different eyes is creatively very different to me. Uh, yeah, and that's been a, it's just been a great encouragement. And so, yeah, if it's worked for me, I definitely encourage others to, to, to find that. Um, I must say, I started out with critique forums very early on and yeah, I found those quite challenging. They did, they did definitely help me in some regard. Uh, but yeah, I found the ceiling of growth was, was quite quick, uh, in that kind of environment. It definitely helped with like post-processing do's and don'ts. Um, but yeah, didn't, didn't really, um, yeah, help me grow in confidence with regard to compositions and, and, you know, kind of pushing the envelope on, you know, how to tell stories, uh, and, and like, you know, show emotion in my images. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I think those, they still have their place. They definitely, um, they definitely can help teach you. I just think they can also be, if you're sensitive, they can also knock your confidence. So you've got to kind of go into those things. Yeah. And not just not take them too seriously, I guess, take the good. Yeah, if, if I was listening with a half ear there, it's because I can actually hear in the background there, you've got a, a registered cuckoo calling, quite cool there. Yeah, we've got five cuckoo species here, and they're all going, um, sorry if it distracts the podcast, I apologize, but he's quite incessant, but we've got black African emerald classes and Deirdrex, and they're all giving it <laughs> gears at the moment, which is yeah, awesome. I get serenaded <laughs> when I go to bed. It's awesome. It's actually a nice little background for this. I mean, I had a, a black a black-headed oriole calling in the background here. Not as cool as a registered cuckoo, but still, uh, still cool that the we get these birds calling in the background as we do yeah, the podcast. So it's, it's quite nice. Absolutely, I find it such a privilege to live where I do. So, um, you know, you were speaking there about the about with the whole criticism and that kind of thing. Um, so, what is your approach to photography competitions? And for those that might be looking to enter into competitions, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's, it's an, a good question, and I, I really encourage photographers not to kind of hedge all their bets on com competitions or take them too seriously. Uh, I think you know ambition can sometimes make something that you love and that's a joy, and kind of you know make it into something you have to strive and perform uh, to achieve. And so yeah, I, I kind of see competitions as a way to grow. Uh, I think the process of choosing your top images every year is, is difficult. I think if you have to try and choose your top 10 or 20 or whatever it is, uh, yeah, it's a difficult process. How do you do that? How do you select the best image in a series? Uh, 
Uh, and that will start asking, I'm sure, the questions that I started to ask, you know, is, well, what are judging panels looking for? And if you don't want to put your hands in, you know, in the, um, if you don't want to put your art in the hands of judging panels, you then start asking, well, what are, what's great art and what are artists looking for? And you know, what are the buyers of art looking for? And you start to ask questions that, yeah, allow you to make better choices and, and, and I guess predict which images are going to perform, yes, more strongly in different competitions because I find different competitions often, yeah, they, they look for different things. Uh, and so I, ju I just see it as something that can be super helpful for your growth. Uh, and so I would approach it as that. I think I've never really been one to enter local competitions. I, I, I've entered the international ones. I think it's, yeah, it's always been a naive dream of mine sometime back to try and, uh, yeah, just get recognized in those. Uh, it's, yeah, more for me than I think anyone else. It's just, you know, how else do you get objective kind of feedback on your work, you know, where eight people in a jury all have to agree that it's the best one. And I think that's, you know, one of the places that you can kind of gauge that. Uh, but, you know, for me, I think the growth part of it, uh, you know, is probably even more, you know, more beneficial. It's just the process of choosing images, getting better at choosing images, and then also just analyzing those images that did win. You know, if it's not yours, well, why did the others win? And what do you think about them? And what do you think the techniques were that they used to create the images that they did? And, you know, how do they size up from a composition perspective? And, you know, what would you do differently? That kind of like of analysis, when you start to think about uh, analyzing images and, and looking to improve them, whether they're yours or other people's, that starts to um, take shape when you're in the field. <laughs> you start noticing things and you start thinking differently. Uh, you know, and it kind of brings back to your... Um, you were talking about mastery, and I mean, I don't think we really answered that question. I think we went off on a different rabbit hole. But a big part of mastering things uh, is practicing them. And so practicing seeing composition and design or seeing how you can improve your images uh, undoubtedly helps you when you're in the field. So even if you're analyzing on a laptop and you're starting to be a better self-critic of your own work, your brain starts recognizing what you're looking for, right? It starts saying, hey, you know, if framing is an important guideline and you see how it's been effectively used in other people's work or in your work, your brain starts looking for framing in, you know, in the field. Uh, and, you know, that's what I've kind of noticed. Um, you know, I think there's the technical mastery of your camera. It's just, it's not so much being a technical expert, but it's just learning how to, be proficient at using your camera and really it's managing exposure and light and, and the different techniques that are available to you on your camera. And I think it's just practicing those and it's the same. You know, you start to get, they start to become habitual and your camera feels a little bit more like an extension of your arm than something that was, when I started, really painful and frustrating. And I think that's what, actually, I've uh, read quite a bit of Robert Greene's stuff. Um, I think that's what he was speaking about in the beginning when we, whether we're learning the technical side of our, our camera or whether we're learning about composition and design, uh, we go through this phase of it's really painful and frustrating. And that's definitely was a good few years of my photographic career. Uh, I didn't learn as quickly as I should have the technical side of my camera, so I would miss shots and I'd um, mess up the light or the exposure. Uh, and then, you know, after many hours and learning and studying and doing different things, I, I, I guess I've put in the required work to start getting better at that. And then that stopped being frustrating and painful. I, I find being in the field now a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not really that conscious of all the things that I'm doing. I've had to start verbalizing what I do so I can really teach others. But I've realized that that's just become sort of second nature. Uh, and that's obviously given me more time to then think about composition and and yeah, it's definitely been the years now of being interested in analyzing art and pictures and, you know, and being a self-critic of my own work where I can improve things that I've started to see that that effort and that uh, the hours put in are starting to show themselves um, in the work that I'm producing now. Uh, and I think it also just, you know, the thing about mastery, also just trust the process. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day is because I've failed so much, um, I think by learning composition, I'm able 
to get a sense whether a place is worth waiting in, if you know what I mean. Like some locations just are better than others. And then because I've done that a, a number of times uh, and I've seen success by doing that, and sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes a few hours, I kind of just trust in the process now. So I, I kind of trust I've got some degree of skills, I've got some knowledge of composition and I, I know bird behavior. And so, you know, once I've chosen a place, I'm, I'm probably willing to wait it out longer than others because I just kind of know it will hopefully eventually happen. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it doesn't, but then I just kind of look at it as a learning experience. And I think that's kind of what putting in the hours does as well. It, it just, um, yeah, gives you kind of more calm, peaceful way about going about achieving images. I don't have huge expectations. Uh, when I actually do my creative workshops here at uh, Balgaon, I really say to people, please don't have an expectation of getting great images. You know, I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to show you practically where I've taken shots and what I was thinking and how I went about it. But, you know, the chance of you getting a great shot while we're walking around, you'll have the opportunity and it might happen, but it's very unlikely, you know, because I think nine times out of 10, I go out and I come back with nothing. <laughs> I was laughing because I spent 13 hours in the last two weeks sitting in a forest getting bitten by mozzies. And I do not have a photograph to, to show for it. But I've had some really cool experiences and I've come really close. And I guess that just, I kind of trust in the process and I've got some thoughts about what might happen. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. Otherwise I'll learn what, what I did wrong, you know, why it wasn't a good place to wait at <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, I hope that's helpful. Well, that, I mean, that Robert Green book on mastery is a fantastic book. If anyone's looking to look, uh, it's not a photography book. It's not a birding book. It's just a really good book. Um, but, you know, Robert Green speaks about that thing, about it, that to master something. I mean, I don't know how he comes to the number, but it takes about a thousand hours. And, you know, he speaks about these people who are masters in whatever they do. It's it's literally hours and hours. And it's it's this it's this almost... Um, singular focus where 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 it becomes where you, you you know you, you this re repetition this this focus and all this kind of thing and i think probably why a lot of people don't get to that level of mastery in photography or anything is is probably because of distraction because that that we we lack that 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 focus that's needed to um, attain the levels that um, you you know we'll talk about that in a while and you spoke when, when we we'll, we'll bring that up in a moment now but you spoke about when we had a conversation a while ago about how you've practiced certain photographic technique for years and years not like you do this technique this time and another you almost you've you've worked something out that works for your for for you for your uh, photography and you've just done that again and again and again and again. So it almost builds muscle memory and it, it becomes part of who you are. And I mean, so many photographers I met, they, they, there's always a new thing. They're always trying something something different. It's always the, the latest thing. And, and, and possibly even that just takes, you know, hinders their growth. Yeah, I mean, I think just two points just going back to um, – yeah, putting in the hours. It's really interested me just at a, at a creativity level is that I think to be able to identify creative opportunities and, and, and see um, you know, what's available to you, I think practice is a key part of that. It, it helps set the table. Uh, can, can, like, just, just pause there quickly because yeah. I think that's important. This, as you're speaking about that, you know, we've almost made creativity this like magic thing. Oh, Richard, you're so <laughs> you're so creative. And, he, and the one thing Robert Greene speaks about in this whole thing about mastery is that it's almost the practice you put in that unlocks that creativity. So it's like the reason you're the reason you that that creativity and I know it's right is unlocked inside of you is because of the practice you've put in. Yeah, I think uh, with, that's with, one it, of the things. Uh, and, and and you know why I look at that is I get so many people that tell me that even come on my program that say you know I'm just not creative, and it's just it's very unlikely to be true. Um, often they you know strong problem solvers you know, successful in business or, you know, artists, or, you know, in a different uh, genre. Well, not so much the ones that say they're not creative, but the ones that say they're not creative, you know, it, it boggles my mind because I can see where they've been creative in their life. And I think creativity has been 
Yeah, maybe misunderstood. Uh, I, I've now spent quite a bit of time researching and studying it and, and had a, yeah, just the privilege of, of he's a family friend of ours that wrote a book on creativity called Creativity Explained. His name is David Prelade. And I think it's one thing being able to read a book, but it's awesome speaking to the author who's poured, you know, years of their lives. I think it was over five years writing the book and he researched uh, musicians. Uh, And, you know, a key finding was just how important it was to put in the time and practice. You know, even the Keith Richards, (laughs) uh, they would... Put it, you know, they might have been given creative opportunities, but they recognized them because they were master guitarists. And I, I really do wonder how many, like, of us say we're not creative, but haven't put in the time to see how creative we may be. Uh, and I think about like someone like uh, Roger Federer or, or whoever, Tiger Woods, or they might have, some of them started with incredible natural talent, but some of them didn't. They just put in a massive amount of effort and practice. And there was no guarantee that they would be the world number one golfer or tennis player. And yeah, I just wonder how many people have missed out on that. You know, they said, ah, I'm not creative. And so they just didn't put the effort into art or photography or anything else. And so they never really got to find out. And that's always my biggest encouragement is like, one, I think we're all creative uh, in different ways. And I think you're only going to know from a photography standpoint, if so, once you've kind of done the hard yards. And that's a bit scary because, you know, what, what, if, what if you're not? And, and, you know, my sense of things is that if you put in the hours, you know, you, you can become a great tennis player or a scratch golfer. You might not be the best in the world, but that whole process of becoming that, you'll sure find out and you might be. And so like, I always just, yeah, I I, I have had debates with people that tell me they're not creative and just encourage them to, yeah, not stop trying and persevering. Uh, Because I've had chats, I'm actually going on a podcast um, uh, with, or he's becoming a friend, I guess, in in the US. He's he's a well-known bird photographer, Ray Hennessy. And, you know, we were chatting about this some time ago. And I think, for different photographers, the time, the amount of time to practice and get concept, concepts is sometimes longer than others. Uh, they're just late bloomers or it takes them longer to, to kind of find their, their style and their creativity. And so I, I just encourage people to persevere. I, I, I really am a firm believer that we all are creative in some shape or form. Um, yeah, and so I think putting in the practice will at least get you to find out. And yeah, I thought Robert Greene's book was yeah, gave great insights in that regard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.